Welcome to Empowering Connections, a podcast by Connie Akins, a licensed professional counselor with a private practice to help you heal your personal and professional relationships through counseling advice, tips, and ideas. Empowering Connections will focus on healthy ways to improve these relationships, help you manage your stress, and attain a better sense of self-fulfillment. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, my special guest is Diana Felton. She is a local educator, and she is the author of Live Through It, A Journey from Faith to Fear. And she's also the owner of the HELP Tutoring Services. Diana, would you like to tell the audience a little bit more about how they can grab a copy of your book and how kids can get tutoring support while we're living in this virtual education world in this pandemic. Yes, first I want to thank you, um, Connie, for inviting me on to your podcast. Um, um, I consider it an honor and a pleasure thank to you. be a part of this conversation today. Um, yes, so if you would like to purchase my book, you can, uh, you can always go to uh, my website, which is on uh, Wix at uh, feltondiana at wix.com or you could just email me at feltondiana at gmail.com and I will make sure that you can get a copy of that. Um, for my tutoring service, you can email me at info at handsoneducationlearning.com if you would like to receive tutoring for your child in grades uh, K through 12. We also help um, college students, if you need help with writing and math, um, you can contact me there or, you know, on Instagram, I'm at, at hands on education learning. You can also uh, DM me on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you very much. So today, Diana and I will discuss the journey of being a single parent. Um, Diana has a, a son and just want to talk about single parenting because I think that is an issue that a lot of women majority face and some men face. So here's a statistic. Um, single parent households make up 25 to 30% of children who live with either a unmarried parent, a widowed parent, or a divorced parent and a never remarried parent. So like I said earlier, the great majority of these households are led by females and some are males. So what has your journey been like as a single parent, Diana? Well, my journey has been um, quite difficult, um, I would say. Uh, my son, David, is 20 years old and I have basically been raising him since um, he was born. His father um, is in the picture. I do want to say that um, his father was there when he was born. Um, in my case, uh, I was not really in a relationship um, with uh, David's father. And so, you know, he did not, unfortunately, want to um, have the child. And I made that decision to have David um, because I just did not believe in abortion. So raising him on my own. Um, has been quite difficult. His father has been around, as I stated, but really just having the support of my family um, has really made a difference in these 20 years 
Um, but being in the home and having to raise a male black child in America is very difficult. Um, it's been hard, but I've also been blessed. Okay, awesome. So what are some of the challenges or obstacles um, that you faced? Um, here's another statistics. Research says it costs $234,000 to raise a child. And we both know um, as single parents that the finances of raising a child can be challenging, um, especially as they get older. But finance is not the only obstacle when it comes to raising children. So tell me about your challenges or obstacles as he was growing up from a younger person until an adult male. So yes, finances is um, the biggest issue. I mean, I know you just said maybe 250000 we may spend on a child, probably by the time they get 18. It seems like I've spent like a million dollars on David. And not just uh, materialistically, but just in providing for his education. Um, David has been in private school since he was in fifth grade. Um, so I paid um, out of pocket uh, from fifth until he was in 12th grade because he ended up going to Divine Child. So yes, the finances have been an issue, but just also in um, providing for him every day, you know, cooking, even when I was getting my master's degree, you know, trying to go back to school, have someone to babysit him. Um, that was an issue. Um, just trying to, you know, you hear that saying where it says a mother can't really teach a, a, a boy to be a man. And I mean, that's so true. Um, the only thing that I believe that you can really teach your child is how to treat a woman. Um, I mean, how to teach your male child, child is how to treat a woman, how to be a productive citizen, um, how to honor your feelings and be responsible. So um, that, that has been a challenge for me. So I have had my pastor, my brother-in-law, and other male figures in my family to assist me with trying to raise a black male. But the challenge most definitely is there on a mental, not understanding a male's emotions, their feelings, um, having to be both the mother and the father in a situation. So really the mother is... Was supposed to be the nurturer mm -hmm. but then the father is really known to be the disciplinarian in the family so I would have my challenges with David because at times I'm hugging and kissing him and telling him I love him and giving him that nurturing side but then because his father was not in the home I had to be the one to say hey you can't say that you can't do that you know you have a curfew and those disciplinary things so it was hard to make the difference for him. And I would always often have to tell him, I'm sorry, I have to be the mother and the father in the home. Okay. And I like the fact that you pointed out that the role of a single parent feels like a dual role. You know, it feels like you're being both mom and dad and you're being both nurturer and disciplinarian. Um, also the fact that you brought up the financial piece of raising a child is very, um, it's a considerable amount of money that we spend trying to educate children, making sure that they have their basic needs met, and then some of their wants as well. Um, so how did you build a support network? And, and why is it important to have a support network as a single parent? Oh, I built it, you know, when David was three and a half years old, um, 
he was born in Maryland. I was living there. I had moved there. And when I realized that his father was not going to be there as much as I would have wanted him to be, I made the decision to move back to Detroit to be around my family. And that was the best decision I could have made at three and a half for David. So I built a support system around my church um, where I could take him to church. He could learn, um, you know, the do's and don'ts about just, you know, society and how to have that spiritual foundation. And then my family, my mother's side of the family has always um, been the type of family where we have family meetings, um, things like that. So I built that around. And then just um, with me being a teacher too, having uh, my friends, even in the education world where I could have that support where people would say, hey, you know, what are you going through with your son in terms of education? Maybe you should think about this or that. Um, and then even on um, in Detroit, in my community, you know, uh, my neighbor has been a very uh, strong support system from David from the time we moved into our own home, which was also something where you have to give single uh, a single mother uh, or parent needs to give their child stability. So we moved here in this home when David was four years old and um, he befriended my neighbor and she has just become his best friend, um, supporting me when I'm not here, making, she keeps an eye out on the house, she communicates with David. Um, so yes, yeah, so just building that relationship where other people can have a say um, in his life has been important. Absolutely, it's very important to have a strong social network and Diana talked about some of the most common ones. And if you're not, if you're a woman out there who is needing support, raising a child along, be okay with the fact that you can reach out to your faith community. Also, um, there are several organizations um, throughout the metropolitan Detroit area, and I'm sure across the country, that support young men being raised by single moms. It's so important to have a strong network because that network helps the woman to become who she needs to be in this relationship to raising her child. So I know you talked about his father um, a little bit, and I want to ask this question because I think that it's important to know that in relationships, you have to kind of jail and help each other. So what was it like trying to get along with your ex and what were the challenges um, as it relates to David's father? Wow, um, it, was, it was very hard. Um, actually, it still is. You know, it's that old saying that, you know, uh, the child's father is, or the opposite parent is gonna be there until one of you die. I mean, you know, so although that David is 20 years old and he's about to be 21 in a couple of months and he's considered to be grown, um, still trying to have that uh, connection with his father to where we communicate, whether it be his education now that he's in college and he still needs to have that male role model to guide him through life. Uh, it's very hard to communicate with his father. So um, it's, it's a challenge. Um, not being able to uh, agree on certain things when it comes to how you raise the child. Um, so really, and not having that communication with, with him has been very difficult for me. Um, I would say it hasn't gotten easy. 
Um, so I try to bridge the gap as much as I can and be respectful when we are having a conversation, agree to disagree. Um, but really, it's just not communicating with him at all, but pushing David to be the one to foster that uh, relationship with his father. Awesome. So I heard you say that part of your strategy was making sure that David still had a relationship with his father and that you've done due diligence in terms of trying to communicate that he should show love despite circumstances and and also just build that bridge build that bridge of communication and that's so important because as a single mom we do everything that we can to encourage the relationship with the other parent and i think that it's important to point that out because there are some instances where that does not happen. That what? is true. Uh, I didn't want to cut you off there, but um, especially on the woman side of it, it is very important that women, we heal, you know, from whatever relationship we might have had with our ex, whether it been that you were married um, and you had to get a divorce or that you were in a relationship for some years or that you were never in a relationship it's important that you remove your emotions and your feelings out of the communication that the child needs with the parent. Because if you don't do that, really you find in a lot of situations, the child will grow up and they will um, have a grudge against you, the parent that was in the home with them. And they'll be like, well, all I wanted to do was have that relationship with my father, whether it was good or bad. And a lot of times we make the decision for them. We're like, no, they didn't pay child support or no, they didn't come see you. So then you say, well, no, you're not having a relationship with them and you should not do that. So I'm glad that you brought that up. It's very important that you heal, step out of the situation and say, it's not about me, but it's about my child having that relationship with their father because we already know the relationship you develop with your parents has a lot to do with how you communicate with people and the relationships you will have in the future. I really like that you pointed that out because that is something that um, I believe any counselor would tell you that how you raise your child, what you model to them, how you present yourself in the world, your communication patterns, all of that at some point is going to have an impact, like you said, on their future relationships and how they show up and present themselves in the world. So I applaud you for that. What are some traditions that you established that helped you in your parenting journey? Well, that's a good question. Um, one of them is just taking him to church um, and not just you go to church, but developing um, a spiritual foundation for him yeah, um, to fall to fall back on and you know because I always tell him he's not going to be I'm, um, I may not always be there for him. Um, also telling him, I love him, you know, uh, is very important. I would say, you know, our kids are always are going to be able to grow up and say, Hey, you didn't give me this. You didn't give me that. But one thing, um, I did not want David to be able to say is that I didn't tell him that I loved him. So that's a tradition that we hold, you know, we say when we're leaving the house or we text each other, I love you. Um, also um, telling him, I'm sorry, apologizing to him is a tradition that I have uh, done a long time because 
you know, we may not realize it, but we're, we're bringing some of the traditions or some of the, um, some of the things that our parents, how they raised us, you bring it to your children. And, and one of the things I didn't want to bring is anger. You know, my parents, they divorced, well, they separated when I was five years old and there was a lot of uh, fighting going on. Um, and so they didn't, you didn't hear a lot of apology. Of course, I'm five years old. I don't see that. But when I get angry, I'm mad and, I, and I'm wrong. Even if I just say my part of it, even if I feel like he's wrong in some areas, I apologize to him. If I communicated to something, something with him without being appropriate in my language, if I, I didn't listen to him in that moment, I, I try to go back and say, hey, can we sit down and have a conversation? And now he's starting to come to me and say, hey, you know, I feel some tension. Can we just break the ice and have a conversation about it? So, you know, teaching him that it's okay for him to come to me too if I'm not ready yet. Awesome. So it's important to be vulnerable as a parent. You can be authentic. You can apologize to your child if you're in the wrong. You can show them love and support and bring other traditions to them, like saying, I love you. Um, that is something that's needed, not only in parenting, but it's just needed in the world right now. Um, how did you take care of yourself as a single mom over the years? That's a good question. I would say in the first 10 years of David's life, it was all about David. And David and I share uh, the same month uh, we are we are a week apart in our birthday. So I remember when I had him, I was turning 30 years old, which was a milestone. And, um, you know, was not feeling my best, you know, having a child, not being married. And I started to uh, uh, make it all about David. So for the first 10 years, it was just like, oh, I got to plan his birthday. I got to make sure he has this and that. But then as I started to heal, healing came with that. And I realized that I can't give to him what I don't have. I can't pour into him what I don't have for myself. Then I started to, um, you know, travel. I started to um, make sure that, I, you know, I went out and, um, you know, I bought something for myself if I bought something for him, um, that I talked to my friends, that I, you know, went out with them a lot. And so I started to give myself that self-care and even in the last five years, I could see myself more and more um, saying, hey, I need a mental break right now. I need a physical break right now. And um, I need to just go on a trip, you know, even if I go by myself. I, I really liked your response about self-care. And I think it's important as single mothers that you realize that you have to take care of yourself first. You have to acknowledge your humanity. You have to practice loving yourself because once you come from that place that is the place that's going to bring you the most joy that is the place that is going to help you to be the best parent that you can be and it's just so important to take care of oneself physically emotionally and mentally so this is my last question what advice would you give to any single parent out there what's your advice um, my advice would be just because you're single doesn't mean that you can't be whole. Um, and what I mean by that is a lot of single people, you know, they can come down themselves and say, oh, I'm single. I'm raising this child on my own. Um, you know, nobody wants me. There's no love for me out there. 
Um, but that doesn't mean that you, just because you're single, you're not whole. And whole means that you, you, you love yourself first. You love yourself. Um, you're happy with where you are. If you feel like you are um, productive in society, you work every day, um, you're giving yourself and your child the best uh, you know, things that they need in life to be able to succeed, um, then you should feel good about that. That's what makes you whole from the inside out. Um, and then your child, although they may not see that other parent in the home, hopefully when they leave you, when they're of age and they're on their own, they can look back and say, hey, you know, my, my mother or my father may have been single, but wow, I saw them be happy. I saw them be whole. I, I saw them love themselves. And, and if they can take that with them, then I feel like I've done a good job of, of raising them uh, on my own. Awesome. Awesome. So I want to give um, some advice as well to single parents out there because I've done it also. Um, one of the things that you should do is remember to set boundaries with your kids. And I think Diana said that earlier in the conversation when she said that she established a routine with David as far as his education was concerned and as far as her social network of people that she let become a part of his life. Um, know your kids' schedules and routines and create a routine for your kids because it's important as a single parent that you're able to manage all of those adult responsibilities that you have. In addition to that, be able to manage your child, okay? Um, don't, don't lose yourself in guilt or victimhood. In other words, what I mean by that is don't be that single mom that is doing too much for the purpose of feeling guilty because of either your divorce or your unmarried status in terms of your parenting. It is what it is. And I know people don't like that statement. However, the goal of being the single parent is just to raise your child in a way that's best for you and your household. So give your kids some rules. Um, I used to have a bedtime rule. My kids hated that bedtime rule, especially when they were like in elementary and middle school. You had to go to bed by a certain time. You had to do um, your homework by a certain time. And they were very active and playing sports and things like that. So you had to do what was necessary to continue to be able to do things that you wanted to do. And that's how you set boundaries for your kids. And then remember what Diana said about support. Create those support networks that will help you when you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed as a parent. And those are family, friends, neighbors. And she also said the faith community. Those are the social support networks. And they are available to you to help you in parenting your child. And last but not least, um, I think she made it pretty clear that you should try to get along with your ex if that's possible. <laughs> you know, some instances it's not possible, but still put on that good face for your child to help them with their emotional relationship with your ex. And then, you know, I can't say this enough as a counselor and a therapist, practice self-care. Make sure that you're doing what you need to do for yourself. 
by sleeping, the, the amount of sleep that you need to get, eating the right foods, uh, taking in some walks, meditating if you have to, and just having a little me time. Um, I know it can be a challenge as a single parent, but that's why you have those social networks in place so that you can have a little self-care time. Because when you practice self-care as a single parent, then you are refreshed in your relationship with your child. And that's so important. Um, Diana, would you like to tell people how they can either follow you or once again, get your book? Yes. So if you would like to get um, my book, my journey, uh, live through it, a journey from fear to faith, um, you can go to feltondiana.wixsite.com and you can order it there. Um, or you can um, follow me on Diana M. Felton on Instagram. Um, you can DM me there and I can get you a copy of the book. And for my uh, business, if you are looking for educational services for your child or for yourself, if you need some help, um, you can email me at, uh, in, at infohandsoneducationlearning.com or you can follow me on Instagram at handsoneducationlearning. So, thank you. Awesome, awesome. And I thank you for being my guest today. And once again, a single parent journey is different for everyone, but it is possible to have the best relationship that you can have with your child. Thank you very much. For thank listening. you, Connie, for having me. You're welcome. The Empowering Connections podcast is not intended to replace the need for a professional counseling relationship. This podcast does not constitute professional advice or counseling services. As always, if you need mental health services, please seek a qualified mental health provider. You can find Connie Akins on the websites Psychology Today and Therapy for Black Girls. If you have an iTunes or Spotify account, please subscribe, share, and continue to listen. Feel free to check out Connie Akins' website at www.empoweringserenity.net. And follow Connie on Instagram at Connie Akins LPC. You may not edit, modify, or redistribute this podcast. We appreciate you listening to the Empowering Connections podcast and providing feedback. Stay positive.